The Kindness Podcast is made possible by Cornwell Properties in Athens, Ohio. Cornwell Properties offers Ohio University students the best locations to live in Athens. All of their apartments are either on Court Street or within one block. Cornwell Properties. Location matters. Visit their website, cornwellpropertiesathens.com, for more information. Welcome to the Kindness Podcast. I'm Nicole Phillips. Today I'm talking to Andy Smallman about the ripples of kindness he has created through his life and the secret meaning behind the number 143. Andy, I know that we have at least two things in common. One, our love for Mr. Rogers, and two, our love for the number 143. But before we get into that, can you share with our listeners a little bit about your background with kindness? It seems like it's pretty expansive. My background with kindness is an interesting question. You know, and we're supposed to take 20 minutes, huh? So, well, here's the, the, <laughs> basic, back, the basic background story goes back to when I was uh, teaching a fifth, sixth grade combination. Um, I got to be approaching 30 years ago. And I had a student in my class, um, this young um, boy who was really having some struggles with learning to read and to write. And again, this is fifth, sixth grade. And so, um, he would be, you know, kind of on that spectrum, we'd be called dyslexic. Um, but he also had this very sweet side of him. And, um, he had this idea that, um, that we weren't focusing on the positive in our lives. And so here's this, you know, 11 year old boy who's talking about, um, being upset and gosh, we're back in 1990, somewhere around there. Um, and he's saying that all we hear about are the negative things. And I have this idea that maybe what I could do is to try to help him with that idea um, and do some writing. And together, he and I conceptualized what became the Good News newspaper in the in our classroom, which then expanded into the school that we were working in. So that was my first kind of introduction is kind of this um, lesson that I got from an 11 year old dyslexic boy. Mm-hmm. Which um, he's now, you know, grown up. He's now got a master's degree, and he's now working with kids on the autism spectrum. He's a pretty spectacular human being. Um, but that's where it started. And then um, a couple years later, uh, my wife and I and, a, and um, some other folks were starting a school for middle school and growing it into high school. And this boy came with us. Um, he was one of the founding students, and. I had the idea to promote kindness. Um, this was be nine, now 1994. Um, with this idea that um, there is now the internet that we can tap into and try to communicate to people all over the world almost simultaneously. And I had learned about uh, an email list that was connecting people, really children, to Holocaust survivors using Mm -hmm. an email list where what you could do is pose a question and it would be sent to a teacher in Europe who was then ask the question of the Holocaust survivor who then would give an answer. He would transcribe, he transcribe the answer and then it would be sent back out via the email list. I thought, well, this is brilliant. This is all before there's any um, graphics or audio really on the internet. Um, And so I wanted to do that with kindness. So my first idea was to promote an idea that uh, I would send out a message on Sunday nights that would be basically a theme to whoever in the world wanted it. And it would be a theme like do something kind for someone that you love. You know, simple as that. And then people would write their responses and we'd all get to benefit from everyone's responses. And the way that I kind of envisioned it is if you picture a globe and I was in Seattle at the time and I'd send this message out and it would kind of encapsulate the globe and then people would start sending these messages back and it would be bathing the world in this idea of kindness. And that's where it started. And I did that for 
it was coming up on um, 15 years that I had done that and expanded it in different ways. And now the internet's growing and all of that. And then um, the Seattle Times picked up um, that I was doing it and wrote an article that then got the, the Associated Press, put it all over papers in North America. And from that, I started getting a reputation as a kindness expert, whatever that is. So, <laughs> uh, but that's really where, I mean, that's a long kind of winded. And even though I could tell you a lot more, that's how it kind of got started. And it's just, I, it, I, and I love it. It's just become kind of what I do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I laugh so hard at the kindness expert because my friends know that I, I really kind of shudder when people use the word <laughs> kindness expert and my name in the same sense. I'm like, let's just go kindness advocate because yeah. kindness expert sets me up for failure. <laughs> yeah. Same thing. I totally get that. I think you and I are going to have all kinds of overlapping things. I use kindness ambassador. Yes. That's what I've started going. So yes. just to try to say an ambassador for kindness and, uh, and really what I've I, kindness is even an interesting word to use. I just want to point people back to what they already know, um, which is this solid sense of self within, within them. Um, and I think we just get away from it as part of our challenges as human beings. We get busy um, and we get kind of focused. And I, I think a lot of our educational system um, causes us to uh, compete rather than to be kind. And so I think that uh, what I've done over all these years is just point people back to something that feels very pure uh, and that they end up appreciating themselves more. The school you started, did 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 you find the need to start a school because you wanted to implement those values or, or why? Yeah, that's one answer. Yeah, I could I could go with that. Um, what the true deeper answer for me is that that's a piece of it is that I just felt that education, uh, especially in the early 90s, has it had it backwards, um, that what we were doing in education was causing kids to not be who they are and creating um, a group of adults or a bunch of adults who just were all about me. Um, and that's what they were taught to do is to be very selfish and narcissistic. And I felt that that, that education was really failing our society. And I actually still think that. So the school that I started was based on the idea that if you have a loving and nurturing educational environment, you don't have to have academic requirements that um, when people feel safe and solid and taken care of and respected, that they will naturally challenge themselves and that they will challenge themselves in ways that will be meaningful and longstanding. Another one of my, if you will, complaints about education is that I think it causes people to study for the test and uh, only remember things temporarily mm -hmm. uh, and that um, what I wanted to do was have people learn things for life. Mm -hmm. And I think that begins with character. And so that's the school that I started is basically that. And it's in its 25th year now. I left after last year. It's time for me to, I kind of accomplished everything I was set, set out to do. And um, I really want to focus more on promoting everyday acts of kindness. So I was going to ask, how does kindness then fit into your everyday life now? What sort of product projects do you have? I have so many Nicole, projects going on all the time. <laughs> okay, well, uh, then let's break them down and talk about a few of them one by one. You want to talk sure. about poems from page 143.org? Because that's kind of so, cool. That's kind of cool, too. And I, I think of that one is a little bit less about kindness, but it does have kindness in it because of the 143 thing. So um, you said that you and I are similar with the 143. Well, here's the background story. So I was facilitating, as we call it at the school that I started, Puget Sound Community School in Seattle, a class. Um, that was trying to explain human development, basically positive human development. Um, and I was using Abraham Maslow's theory um, 
the idea of uh, moving towards self-actualization. And I needed an example, or I wanted an example of someone who I thought would really epitomize that, and I came up with Mr. Rogers. Most people, um, when they're using and trying to educate people about Maslow's uh, hierarchy of needs, think of people like Martin Luther King Jr. or Mother Teresa or Gandhi. And I think that those people are out of reach for the common American team. So I was trying to come up with somebody else and I came up with Mr. Rogers. And then I found that article that was in uh, Esquire magazine in like 1998, um, written by Tom Junnett that's um, on heroes. And it's the article now that this later this year is the one that inspired the new Mr. Rogers movie that Tom Hanks is is in. So I read that article to a group of students and we all cried while I read it. And that's where I heard the first time the 143 thing where Mr. Rogers weighed 143 pounds and he realized when he stepped on a scale every day that there must be some message in that because he's Mr. Rogers. What the heck? And he <laughs> said there's, there's one letter in the word I and four in the um, word love and three in the um, word you. And so he said 143 is a message of I love you. Um, I kind of ran with that and I created another activity to promote it within the, the school and we started making t-shirts and um, buttons and passing them out and giving them to people on buses and things like that. And it was just trying to promote the idea that you're cared for, um, that, that that exists. And so that, that was a long time ago and um, I continued to promote that concept in different ways. And then about four years ago, I stumbled across this poetry project where people would take a page um, of just writing from anything and blacken out like portions of it, um, leaving behind words that would form the basis of a poem. So um, the idea is that in a way you're collaborating with whoever wrote the initial page. And I have the idea of let's have it be page 143 from your favorite book or a book that you really like and have promoted that online. And now page 143.org online is a series of those that people will submit and that I'll, I'll publish. So I like I started like I'm a big Kurt Vonnegut fan. So I got to write with Kurt Vonnegut. He wrote the book, put it, it got published on page 143, and I blocked out some of his words and left behind other of his words to create a poem. Ah. Um, so that's that's that. It was, so I say that the inspiration is the poetry idea and the um, Mr. Rogers 143 connection. So that's that project. Um, the bigger one with kindness is I'm adapting the 81 verses of the Tao Te Ching into kindness poems. And wow. I, I, so each one of the 81 verses, I'll sit down with over the course of a week and read different interpretations of it and try to let it kind of settle within me. And then from that, I will, um, I, I mean, it almost feels like I'm channeling it, um, that these words will emerge, but they're all based on this idea of kindness. So um, here we are, you know, at this particular time, you're interviewing me in January, right? So uh, I post these on Fridays and I've just posted the 15th one in the last hour. It's Friday morning here in Berkeley where I'm sitting. Um, so those are at, at now, you can find those at kindliving.net slash Dow, T-A-O. So kindliving.net slash Dow, um, the 15 are there. That's another project. The biggest thing that I do though, related to this is I'm affiliated with something called the Compassion Games. Hmm. Compassion Compassion Games is now a seven-year-old project that has gotten to the point where the founder just last year met with the Dalai Lama. And the goal is by 2030 to have peace on Earth. So, you know, no big deal there, right? Right, right. Let's just make that happen. <laughs> right. 
So I've been affiliated with it since the beginning when the founder, a guy named John Raymer, um, asked me to adapt this kindness stuff I was doing if I thought of something for the Compassion Games. And I conceptualized what um, is called the secret agent of Compassion Game. And so at different times during the year, I will create missions and these missions will be basically daily themes um, for the secret agents of compassion to go out and complete on that day. And there is an archive of these that goes back to 2012 at secretagentofcompassion.org. And I'm the author of those. Um, we've got coming up in just um, a week from today is the World Interfaith Harmony Week. And I am taking and adapting David Gershon's of the Empowerment Institute's Seven Actions for World Peace, making those into the, the missions or the compassion uh, missions for the upcoming World Interfaith Harmony Week. So that's another thing that, I, that I'm doing. So see, I could keep going. I'm, I mean, I'm wondering if you ever sleep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the thing about it is it doesn't take a ton of time to do this kind of thing, and it's energizing. So mm -hmm. I think you probably understand that as well. When you feel like you're, and here's how I put it, I'll say it to you as well. Um, so I worked all these years with teenagers, and I said the goal in life is to uh, align your numerator with your denominator. That <laughs> That's your goal in life. And you were your numerator and denominator were aligned when you're born, but I think that they get pulled aside. So what is anything over itself? So in a fraction, like one over one or 10 over 10 or whatever, um, or even if you think of yourself, I could say I'm Andy. So Andy over Andy is um, like anything else over itself is one whole. That's how you become whole. You compare yourself to yourself, but we grow up comparing ourselves to everybody else. And in most cases, we don't measure up. So if you think about your goal in life, or what I try to tell teenagers is you're, if you can align your numerator and your denominator, you're not going to create problems in the world. You're going to solve problems in the world. What a cool concept. Andy over Andy is whole. Yeah. And, so, yeah. and then think of it, too, is Andy over Andy equals Nicole over Nicole. Because anything over itself is equal to anything over itself. But oh. we spend too much time comparing ourselves to others that we then don't measure up. Or in some cases, we just think, oh, I'm superior to you. Right, right. It's never equal. You're either it's less than or more than, right? Exactly. Yeah. Ooh, what a beautiful way to live a life. Yeah, so, so that's, that's it. So also on kindliving.net, you have self-paced classes. My favorite uh, is the Twilight Zone because... <laughs> I love the Twilight Zone. It's like a creepy passion I have. <laughs> well, I love Rod Serling, if you go and study and learn about him, he's a human was a humanist, really. Just a really he part of that show was trying to figure out how to um, promote civil rights um, at a time that the censors at CBS were less interested in doing that. So his alien programs are generally saying, hey, this is about civil rights in the early 1960s. Kind of brilliant in a lot of ways. Um, so, yeah, I took that idea. In fact, I have created so much kindness, kindness content and online classes over the years um, that some of them I've tried to archive. And the one that you're referencing, I now call it a module. And there are three episodes of The Twilight Zone that um, I've had links to, but um, I don't know if they're still up there or not. Um, but you watch the episode. I give you an idea of an act of kindness that you can do related to the episode. You complete the act of kindness or you're in the midst of doing it. You read what I call an inspiration message that I've put up there to get you to kind of reflect on the whole idea. Then you, once you've done all of that, when you're done, you come back and read a, a message of reflection that I've written. And those are all self-paced. There's several of them up there. 
um, that I, um, and again, I've got years of putting this stuff together. So okay. that's what you're referencing. I need you to help me though, because I, I watch many episodes of the show. I have never once associated it with kindness. So tell me if I'm watching a show, like explain one of the shows and, and maybe the act of kindness that you would see that would go with the show. Okay, so let's, I mean, if I was to try to um, walk you through one of these, um, there's a classic episode that I think um, a lot of people might know, uh, and I use it on the on this particular class, it's called One for the Angels, and the basic idea behind this program is there's this older salesman who um, death has is coming to visit, so death shows up and is going to say, hey, it's your time. Um, and he makes a, and he says, but in my life, I've never been able to make the big pitch and he's not ready to die yet. Um, and so, but, um, and he convinces death to let him live, but death then says that, well, I have to take somebody and there's this little girl in the neighborhood. And so death comes and says, well, if I'm going to let you live, uh, he, he takes the little girl. And then in order to say that you can't take her, this salesman makes the pitch of his life and he is satisfied at that point death takes him instead of the little girl okay so that's the basic yeah yeah so so you start to kind of pick up on it so uh, on the website or if people wanted to find this um you can find it linked off of kindliving.net um i relate that to um o henry's story the last leaf as well if you're familiar with the classic um o henry story which also is one about this man who's never painted his masterpiece um but he ends up painting this leaf on a brick wall out in the rain because this young woman thinks she's going to die when the last leaf falls off the tree and he he ends up painting it and she he's it's a masterpiece that looks like it's on the on the tree and she ends up recovering but he ends up giving his life because he develops pneumonia from having having um Mm. painted i mean these are i think these kind of common themes not that necessarily these grand acts of what may even go beyond kindness to be called grace or are necessarily um you know you have to give up your life in order to do something decent but they tend to be powerful um stories for us so anyway that that's kind of the twilight zone idea so what i asked people to do um was to think about um people who've made sacrifices and they could be fictional or they could be um real um and trying to think of in your life who's made a sacrifice or, or even like a TV show that you might watch and think of them from a grand scale and think of them from a really tiny scale, like maybe um, somebody giving up a, a slice of cake um, mm-hmm. so someone else can have the last piece of cake in the house. And then um, that's really what I'm um, asking people to think about. Um, so and then what I encourage people to do as their kind action is to recognize when someone has done that for them and then reach out and thank them. Oh. And so it's related to um, Martin Seligman and um, the positive psychology movement and the gratitude letter, if you're familiar with that Mm -hmm. idea where some loop, somebody may have done something um, kind or or positive or or inspirational for you, but maybe you didn't really um, thank them. Mm -hmm. Uh, The gratitude letter is a, a... a way that you can, it's a structure by which you can give them appreciation and thanks. And so that's the basic idea that I had in that. Yeah. Neat. Well, I can see that you have really given your life to 
kindness and um, to, to just making the world a better place for everyone. And I really appreciate that. Before we let you go, though, I'm wondering if you have a favorite kindness story that you would be willing to share with us. It can be, you know, about anything. Um, so a favorite kindness story. There's so many good kindness stories, but I'm going to tell you one that's really personal mm-hmm. um, and is based on um, family. And it's, I think it's like almost transcends kindness. It's so spectacular, but it's also very sad. Um, so it was about 15 years ago, my sister-in-law, my wife's sister had a baby that didn't survive for, it, it was born and, and the baby, um, the little girl died three days, um, after being born. And that's a, and for the pregnancy, everything was normal. And, um, just the last better baby checkup or the, um, a wellness exam before the um, due date, um, something had gone wrong and they induced and discovered that there had been a major problem and that her brain basically um, had been um, damaged in utero and she wasn't going to survive. Um, and so, you know, that's a pretty awful thing for anyone to have to experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and my sister-in-law and her husband and um, family that um, were in the neonatal ICU um, and the people who work there are phenomenal human beings. I just can't imagine what you would experience day after day of being in um, a situation. I think probably some positives, but I think um, a lot of challenging situations. So the nurse who worked with them was very gentle and understanding and kind, and that's all wonderful. But a year later to the day, she wrote them a letter and said, I remember you, and I'm thinking about you. So... It chokes me up to this day to think of a year later after all of the, in those 365 days, how many more stories had she seen of people coming into the uh, neonatal ICU? And she remembered this couple and reached out to them on the day um, that their first daughter had been, had been born and, and died. So, I, I say that's an act of kindness that goes like um, beyond it. And I think that's what grace is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Andy, thank you for sharing that. Thank you uh, for sharing all of your great wisdom and your fun ideas today. I really appreciate it. And um, I hope people check out your page 143.org, your kindliving.net, your secret agent of compassion.org. Did I get all those right? Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So many fun ways to connect with you. I really appreciate your time today. Oh, it's my pleasure, Nicole. I'd love to talk to you again if that ever uh, opportunity ever comes up. Well, then we'll just say bye for right now. Sounds good. Take care. (laughs) You too. That was a conversation with Andy Smallman. You can read about his poetry project on page143.org. Thanks for listening to The Kindness Podcast. It's produced by WOUB Public Media and relies heavily on the kindness of engineer Adam Rich and intern Chloe Meston. I'm Nicole Phillips. We hope you'll subscribe to The Kindness Podcast wherever you listen and find us on social media at Kindness Podcast. If you like the show, please spread some kindness in the review section.